hi there. I can see that you're one of the smart ones who decided to listen to the second half of this interview. Yeah, Daddy always says that the second half is better, but no one ever listens to it. Hey, what are you guys doing? Uh, uh nothing. We gotta go. Sorry. Enjoy the rest of the second half. Bye. Get out of there. Hola, bienvenidos. This is Richard Wilson. With this podcast, there are no electives. Every program is a prerequisite. The semester is in session. It's season two of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. My name is Jim Martin, along with my co-host, Chris Beyer. Tonight, we have Scott Paulus, the Milwaukee Brewers photographer with us. Thanks for coming in, Scott. Welcome back. Thanks for asking me. I hope I don't disappoint you. Well, we're hoping that too. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. (laughs) As long as I have the encouragement, I'm all in. Yeah, right, right. So uh, the headhunter for this interview was Michelle Tonkovitz. Oh, yeah, yeah, Michelle. Yeah, you know her from the Wauwatiki? Uh, well, actually, she's a graphic designer, so I met her through the community of oh, okay. advertisers and stuff like that. So oh, okay. I've done some work with her at some advertising get-togethers, associations, things like that, and we have throw each other ideas back and forth. For some of our listeners yeah. that may or may not know this, we are based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Our listeners might also remember an episode earlier this year where we interviewed two bar owners, and it's Pete and Jimmy who own the Wauwatiki, which is a neighborhood bar here. That's where we ran into Pete and Jimmy, and they came in here as well. And that's where we ran into Michelle as well, who is a guest uh, here before you. Anyway, just give them some background to some people that aren't from the area, right. that this is a local place that people have. It's kind of like a with. cheers. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's getting that same, it's sort of in that same wheelhouse as far as age and experience goes. So yeah, we can true. come out and we can hang out and talk. Now, we talked uh, before we started the podcast. Uh, Scott brought up that his girlfriend's in Arizona, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm a single guy. And so, uh, you know, I ran into Scott at the bar here and I figured, oh, maybe he's single, but no, he's, he's spoken for, he's got somebody in Arizona here. Mm-hmm. And um, so how often do you get there? Uh, not too often lately. This is my busy season, so I, I stay oh, sure. pretty busy right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, since you're a single guy, yeah, I mean, you're, you're not married yet, but we're talking about being single. Jim remembers this. There's a story about how more than a few years back, I met a girl where... Jim and I had this idea. It was New Year's Eve, and we we're going to just before we wrap up the night, we we're going to walk into a bar and act like we're going to use the bathroom or use the bathroom, and scan the area and see if there's anybody interesting. Mm-hmm. Then on the way out, talk to them and just take off if there's nobody there interesting. It's quite the plan. Yeah, it it's was a good plan. That's, that's, scheme. That's a new plan. Call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did spot somebody on the way back out. I started talking to her, and, and Jim came out. We all started talking, and then I ended up dating that girl for quite a while. So I thought, it's time to replicate that, right? <laughs> and so what I've been doing here lately is before I go out, I go out to like 10 bars just to use the bathroom, right? And I'm a bit of a method actor. So, you know, I got to <laughs> feel it. And so I drink like three gallons of water, right? You know, so that I actually have you to You really use the get bathroom. into character. It's, yeah, he yeah. takes it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Shakespearean trained. But the problem is I've developed a bladder infection, right? <laughs> so I've been visiting some urologists, and I ended up dating a female urologist because of this. 
And I actually set up like visits with like six different female urologists, and I drank like six gallons of water, so I had enough samples for all of them. Sure. But it's worked out in the end. You know, I met somebody via this method. Well, that's good. Yeah. So I'm yeah, just that's, passing that's it impressive. on to you. You know, if well, if maybe that goes... didn't work out. That maybe that's why I've, I, I just haven't been able to make it work here in Wisconsin. I just don't pee enough. Yeah, yeah. you're not using the bathroom. That's the problem. Yeah, I'm not. Right. What is your technique? Do you have a go-to? Now, you're dating somebody currently, but what was your, you know, this is my technique. What was your technique to meet women? See, I've never been cool enough to have a a game plan, to think about a game plan, or to have a strategy. Hmm. It was probably just to find somebody that was, you know, desperate enough. Yeah, to okay. get that's, over the that's a key. The, the chronic halitosis, the lazy eye, and the dancing. <laughs> and once you got once you got through all that, then I knew they were okay with yeah, me. They're in. Yeah. yeah, right. Where did you meet the Arizona girl? In Arizona. You were oh at spring training. Spring training. I'm oh. there every year. Okay, interesting. And this long distance thing, you've been able to is you met her this this year? Uh, two years ago. Two years ago, and you've been able to keep that up. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been off and on. It's a struggle. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, I give yeah. up a lot easier than you. There was a girl I stopped dating because parking was too difficult in front of her place. <laughs> it's like the parallel parking. I kept just, thinking, ah. is she that cute? You know, yeah, I mean, right. do I have to keep circling? <laughs> and uh, I kept circling. Finally, one night I just said, forget it. I'm going to go home. Yeah. I, I, I think that you and I are probably the same thing because I, I think eventually I was getting to the end of one relationship just because – it was too far. It was in Milwaukee, and she was six miles away. Yeah. Plus, maybe it's my fault, too, because, you know, you sort of look at your 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 own personal time. Mm-hmm. So I've been married before, and I think if you've ever been married, you start realizing how important your personal time is. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know, you, you got to go work for a week somewhere else. That's fine. Just go ahead, and I'll be fine. Sure. Yeah. It gives me a little time to decompress. Yeah. Yes. yeah you, you know, I one thing I've one thing I always thought is, that uh, you know, I'd never move in with somebody before I got married. Now I don't think I'd move in with them after I got married. <laughs> you know, I mean, once we get married and she said it's time to move in, I say, hey, not so fast. Right. People ask, what makes it work? Yeah. Well, we don't live in the same house. Yeah. That's what makes yes, it work. Exactly. You know, they have their space. Yeah. I have my space. Which would puzzle you even more. That would you ever date or marry somebody that works with you? You not only get to come home with them, but you get to work with them all day. That would be tough. And I like people. <laughs> I like people who don't talk about work when mm-hmm. you're outside of work. But yeah. what are you going to do yeah. when you're working with somebody and then you come home after work? Right. I'm the one that did that to you. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was there. I was there. Yeah. I'm right. the ass you're talking about. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah. well, we're going to have to break up because I, I got to complain about you to somebody else. I need someone else. There's got to be something. Right. There's got to be a buffer there. So, um, Scott, I was getting back to the photography a little bit. Okay. Uh, so I noticed you um, you did did you shoot some stuff at the air show recently? Like, were uh, you with the? Yes. I saw, thought I saw you with the with the Golden Knights, right? Yes. Did you jump? No, I, oh. I, they won't ah. allow that. Oh, okay. Um, so they actually have me seat belted in and have my gear, my cameras strapped into the plane, and I'm literally right next to the open door, wow. and they Jeez. go up to just under hypoxia levels so they'll get you up to about thirteen thousand feet max and then they just start doing circles but i'm strapped in and i'm looking i just look to my left and it's just straight down looking at uh veterans park wow that's crazy right i'm picturing him like tom cruise in rogue nation Hanging on oh, the yeah. side of the plane. Oh, I'm sorry. That was me. I'm sorry. That That is what I do. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Yeah, I'm yeah. a tough guy. <laughs> we went to see, um, this was probably four or five years ago, we went to see the air show. And as we were walking up towards the lakefront, 
up. All of a sudden, there's all these people running around and there's running after this thing. And it turned out one of the Golden Knights, their chute didn't open. So they let that one go and they used their reserve chute. And this, so they're running after this this chute. The chute landed like half a block away from us. This guy like grabbed it and, and ran and like, you know, bundled it up and put it under his chair and like went and bat, sat down. Like, you. Who does that? You can't keep that, you know. It's not like a a baseball in the stands. Like, you got to give that back. And and, and he's thinking nobody noticed. Yeah, right, right. I'm I'm pointing. There, there he is. (laughs) They probably need that. Yeah, right, right. Um, You don't have like a a photo studio then, right? You're you're mainly, I mean, your main gig is with the brewers, obviously, and then then Well, I do a lot of other work there. uh, So I have other clients, like corporate clients, but I, I don't necessarily need that. I'm guessing you just you prefer do you prefer like the live action stuff? The game action photos are fun. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. I mean, you're you're doing something that's happening and you, your decision making is quick sure. and you have to mentally be on your on your toes. You just got to keep thinking about what's going on and you got to be able to compose and you got to make sure your technical skills are all down. Everything's got to be working and that's kind of exciting and then you know all that, all the, all the stuff that goes along with that is kind of fun. But mm-hmm. I prefer doing uh, environmental portraits and, and fun stuff. So yeah. like Dale Swain, nuts. That guy is pretty famous in his town for the 1980s. He uh, had a pretty big home run on an Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. I made a great portrait with him on his motorcycle down in spring training when he was our bench coach. Oh, nice. Great guy. Awesome yeah. guy. And I told him, I said, look, a lot of this stuff was for me. It wasn't for the team, but that's part of the perk I get is I can get unique people in unique environments, and sure. it's right there for me. So I I got him on his motorcycle. I said, I don't need you in a brewer's uniform. I, you know, I just want you to be you, and I know that you love motorcycles, so bring your motorcycle. Right, and open yeah. up a couple buttons on your shirt. Just yeah. a couple. Yeah, just be you. Just a couple. Just be, just be you. Just be Relax. You. Yeah. Thankfully, he didn't. He didn't do that for me. <laughs> lean back. Lean back. If you said that to him, that's yeah. a that's an old school PBR guy that would probably yeah. knock you out. Right. Um, uh, I was just telling you about uh, Luke Ray. So oh, Luke yeah. Luke is a great guy. He's a really cool guy, and I, I did so much fun stuff with him. The year before he left, I got him down in spring training to get his his bat on fire. Okay. So it wasn't Photoshop. It was, it was everything I had lit. I had an assistant at the time. We, uh, I had everything planned out, a couple buckets of water, a couple sure. different bats, and I tested, figured out, because he wouldn't believe how difficult it is to get a baseball bat on fire. Oh, yeah. So my goal was just to have him have the bat out at a distance, because the other thing I had to be cognizant of, I can't burn no, a, a very McCoy. important <laughs> right. player up. Right. Yeah. Right. The team's not going to be happy. Nobody's going to be happy. And knowing Jonathan, he, <laughs> Luke is going to be really into it. Right. So yeah. I just planned so, on... Can, can you imagine that? I'm sorry, he was doing what? <laughs> and that's what Braun said when he found out. He's like, I can't believe you were that stupid, dude. And Luke was like, dude, this was fun. It was a blast, yeah. yeah. And uh, I got the bat prepped for how you can get it lit on fire. Okay. And it involved a lot of grill fluid. Okay. So uh-huh. got that thing going, and uh, I got the standard pose that I wanted. And then he's like, Scott, you got to do this. Get your assistant to throw me balls. So then I started. She started throwing him balls, and he's, he's swinging. The, he's swinging at the bat. The it's on my bat. website. It's pretty cool yeah. that it, it turned out the way it did. But it really worked out, and he was just getting into it so much. I finally had to tell him stop. And I did that with hockey. So the Milwaukee Admirals, yeah. I work with a lot as well. And okay. I kind of, you can say, I did the test run with them because I had some of their guys out at a local park. Uh-huh. That uh, Charlie Larson, the media relations director, great guy, he knew somebody that was, I don't know, manager of the park or whatever, and it had an ice rink. Okay. So right before I went to spring training, he brought a couple of the players out there with their hockey sticks, and I figured out how to get them burning. A lot of your photography lighting things on fire. That's yeah. kind of your thing. 
You know, now that I think about it, I haven't been asked <laughs> back to a lot of places. Do, it's a cool niche. <laughs> do your uh, for, does your work ever show up on baseball cards? Uh, no, that's also um, a card company thing. Okay, so over tops or something or yeah okay. well and re- if you remember back in the day it was really popular 80s and 90s and then mid 90s started tapering off mm-hmm. about by the 2000s i think that now they have they'd still have card guys shooting this but i'm not sure a lot of them it's a very weird contract thing that they may like tops may go to a wire service now and get them to shoot it or a stock agency to shoot it for them now whereas in the past Tops had their own staff photographers. Oh, okay. Okay. Getting back to this uh, Dale Swain stuff. You know, you did that with him on the side, like you said, just kind of for you, right? Yes. So do you own that then? Or is that like, I mean, like where are the rights yeah, coming they won't, because of the baseball thing and everything? Right. Well, my contract with the Brewers, and that was set before I got there, they, they own the images that I shoot. Okay. But the agreement that I have is for what I do, I have to make it worthwhile. So building a portfolio or doing something fun with the unique situation I have there, that's what I can do. So I'm allowed okay. to do that. And, yeah. and I've been able to do that with many different players. So I keep those photos, but I still don't have the rights, not only because of the team, but because of the player themselves. Right, the individual, yeah. Yeah, you can't mm-hmm. just outright market you know, or go to a card store and sell some of these things or, or, or memorabilia store. You just can't do that. Crazy ideas come up and I like, wow, it would be really cool. And some of them are like cliche, like Axford when he was with us. Okay. If you remember him, he was our lights out closer forever. So I took an ax, threw it over his shoulder and uh-huh. I put him in a studio. Lit it I- on fire. <laughs> that I went the opposite direction. Okay. I had it lit with strobes with electricity, and I had water dumping all over, and like it was raining, and it was just pouring all over him. Okay, and I shot that that way. Yeah, and then there was a Hoffman, Ho- uh, Trevor Hoffman. One of the things Hoffman liked to do, especially in spring training, if he wasn't working or throwing that day, he would come in and he would do his warm up and his practices, and then you'd find him in one of the backfields somewhere. Just he's a California guy. He'd be okay. sitting in it in his uniform, but he'd have no shirt on, and he'd be laying in the grass with a stove. And oh, he'd no just kidding. be smoking and relaxing. Yeah. And that's that was his, his thing, yeah. decompressed thing. So I'm like, dude, when we get back, I want to get you in the studio smoking because I want to get the smoke swirling around you. Yeah, so I yeah. had him in the studio and made these great shots of uh-huh. him doing that and the smoke is swirling around. And I'm all I'm thinking about is me and what I want. I yeah, want yeah. the image. So I keep telling him, come on, more puffs. Keep on. Give me yeah, more yeah. of a drag. More smoke. <laughs> and finally, he's like, Scott. I got to work today. You're making me sick. Yeah, I right. got to get out of the studio. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. Being a lifelong Brewer fan, you know, I can only imagine that for me, I mean, I'd just be starstruck every day. Like I can't, I'm just hanging out with these. I'm sure, you know, it's a job for you. So it's, it's probably still cool, but you know, it, you can still talk when you're well, talking to these guys and I'd be just. In all seriousness, it's great that you're around these guys, but yeah, you get over some of these I'm things sure. because yeah. it, you, if you look at them, they're kind of like your coworkers at a point. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people you look at and they, they keep throwing out, well, my good friend Brown or my good friend here. I'm like, well, does that mean you go hang out and have dinner with them and you're hanging out at their house? No, I mean, you're really coworkers. So I, I yeah. try not to break that barrier, but some of them do become friends. We talked about sure. that earlier. Yeah. Uh, and you miss them when they leave the team, Luke Roy, Chad Muller, these different guys. But mm-hmm. um, after a while, you get used to it. And, and like Yelly, when he came on, he's a really good guy. And, mm-hmm. and so, I think one of the things I like to look at is I, 
after getting over the starstruckness, so like mm-hmm. in 96 when I started, I was afraid to step on the field because I didn't. I thought that was sacred ground. You weren't yeah, supposed right. to do that. Right. But then the photographer knocked me in the head and said, look, you can't work out there. You got to come right. over here. Right. <laughs> come out of the dugout. Right. Come on. Come so on. once I got over that and you start getting to know them, and if you're just quiet and like all of the conversations I've heard from like Euchre, Bud Selig, Joe Torre, uh, Yount, I mean, the stories they tell, if you're just quiet and you listen, I mean, you pick up some really good information and you see how things work. Yeah. And then the new guys, too. Like, uh, uh, Braun is incredibly smart. He's a very good businessman, and, and, and he got it. Even as a rookie, I was impressed with how he understood what it means to be a ball player. Uh-huh. And a lot of other guys did, but I just sort of recognize that. And Yelly's the kind of the same way. I'm very impressed with... I don't know if I could handle that much attention all the time. Every time you turn around, somebody wants something. Someone's pulling you in this direction or that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet he handles all, all every so, media I mean, appearance, everything very well. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't know behind the scenes, but, you know, in front of the camera, at least, every time you see him, he's so calm, cool, collected. It's like, yeah, okay, you know, let's do this, let's do that. It just kind of feels like he's got this attitude. This is, just comes with the territory and let's go do it. You know, whatever you want to, whatever. I yeah, mean, he just seems very laid back. Any of us in our 20s ever be able to do that? Especially, I mean, right. And and I don't comment on money at all either because I don't. A, any of you guys want to make 300 million a year? I mean, with with you know the big players out there, anybody? It, God bless you. If you can get it, take it. I I wouldn't turn yeah. it down if you. But yeah. along with that comes a lot of attention. Yeah. So right. um, I I don't like it when people knock them for making that or having the opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, if you can handle it without being a jag. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're the best in their field, which has got a whole uh, section of the paper, a whole section on the internet devoted to them. So they must be doing something that is important in a way. Now, one thing that also might uh, make it easier for you to, to be around these people is now these people are getting to be 10, 12, 15 years younger than you, right? Initially, they were your... <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Initially, they were people around your age. And so some of these guys are probably starting to look like kids, right? When I started in 96, it was kind of interesting because the Jeff D'Amico's and, and the Ben McDonald's and, and John Jaha's, they, they were maybe a year or two younger, something like that. I mean, sure, you're right. You get to about 10 years later, then you're looking at the thing going, oh, my God. So I was over in the Gulf when this guy was born. Right, right. And now lately, I don't even, I don't want to look. I just don't look. Yeah. It's yeah. because yeah. they are. 2000. It, oh, my God. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where were you at 9-11? A lot of them weren't even born when 9-11 happened. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Do these guys, and again, we don't want to uh, get you in any trouble, but do these guys, (laughs) do they get along? Are they a family? Or is it, are these guys mercenaries and they're from different teams and they're thrown together and they're only together for 60 games or two seasons? Do these people really gel as a a group? Well, I think in like any work environment you have, and, and, and especially since you have, so many people from across the country and across the world that yeah. will come to your team. Yep. You would think, how do they have a lot in common? So you, you form bonds with certain players and and they become your friends. And I see that. And, but you do see on a good team, you see one guy take the team leader role. And then mm-hmm. you also see guys that will just hang out together. And if you remember back to early 2018, even 2017, I mean, the celebrations in the dugout were just crazy. Oh, yeah. And I, I think a lot of this has to do with social media, but they would search for you because they want to be photo. They want to have a party and it's good. Whereas mm-hmm. way back in the day when it first started, you didn't dare. I mean, their, baseball was serious business. It was subdued. Sure. 
Yeah. Right? Some That's some true. cases a walk off home run, the the team just ran off the field and right into the clubhouse, and you didn't see anything. Yeah. That's how they did it back then. But now everything's out in the open. Mm-hmm. You get teams that really gel, and you see the guys, and and you see everybody's having fun, mm-hmm. and it doesn't just have to be the Hispanic players with them, and then the uh, the Texas guys just with the Southern guys. You know, mm-hmm. they all you see them all working together. Um, yeah. Suter is one of them. He's hilarious. That guy is just Suter, nuts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he, yeah. I can dance like crazy, and he's he's just he really riles up that dugout. Yeah, and it doesn't matter who you are, and everybody just has a party in there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And obviously, on the other end of it, there's a lot of competition, right? These guys want to get more playing time. They want to get bigger contracts, so they're trying to beat out the other guy. When it comes down, when you're at this level, because it, it it's it's one of the most difficult sports out there to be at the major leagues. Yeah. You know, if, if I don't start getting more singles or do what I'm hired for, I will be I'm going to be gone. Yeah. So you've met Euchre, you've met Seelig, you've met Yount. What other big oh, names geez. have you met? You know, I wrote that down because I'm really bad at remembering names. <laughs> um, we had, especially when I first came on board with the Brewers, we had a plethora of players that you're never going to hear of again. Charlie Moore. Did you ever meet Charlie Moore? Um, I did. We had a reunion. So I can pretty much name the 82 World Series oh, team. That was my go. wheelhouse. Yeah, so right, I can still right. name it. And just about all of those guys okay. showed up. Molitor? Was Molitor there? Even Molitor? No, Molly wasn't. Was he there last? Cause, cause the reunion one, I don't think he was there on the at the, the last reunion, which was okay. what? I forget again. Was that 2018 or 17? But there we had uh, everybody from the 2000 or the uh, 82 World Series team come back. Okay. And a lot of them were there. So my idol's growing up. So Yeah, right. Um, of course, uh, Jim Gantner, Gumby. Yep. He's there a lot. He okay. actually works in batting practice. He'll hit uh, ground balls to the guys. Gorman Thomas is there a lot. Okay. Um, Larry Heisel is like a saint. The guy is in he, he's in the community and he works with uh, a lot of inner city kids and helping them out and developing them to grow up. Um, and then of course Yount, sure. he's the name of the club. He comes by a lot. Yeah, he's a he's a really good guy too. He'll remember you. He'll remember everything, anything he's done with you. So he's a good guy. He'll come yeah. around a lot. That's cool. What uh, about anybody from an opposing team that made an impact on you? Um. I think the most interesting thing I had to do is that when I joined the Brewers, they were in the American League. So I got to photograph oh, guys right. in the American League. Work. So I even had photos of Cal Ripken Jr. Okay. Because cool. he was still playing. Yeah. Very, I think it was like his last year or so. So I okay. got photos of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've met him. He's he's a very nice guy, very genuine guy. Mm-hmm. I would say as far as opposing players go, I've met a couple of guys on the Cubs for various promotional reasons. I had to photograph them up here because that they just happened to be here when that had to be done. Um, the, the Cubs players I like, they're, they're really good guys. Um, no. <laughs> don't get me on their fans. Just we're talking about the players. Some of the, some of the guys are really good yeah, guys. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anyone as far as an opposing player goes. I, Joe Torre I met, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's older, older player. Mm-hmm. He was a very interesting, fun guy to listen to. Oh, I'll bet. I bet uh, he had stories. Jeez. Well, again, that's one of those things. If you're a fly on the wall, which I am, if I'm waiting for like uh, the the Sea League statue dedication, oh, everybody okay. from baseball came in for that yeah. thing. Yeah. So in one room, as I'm waiting for this festivities to start, there was Doc Severinsen, there was Joe Torre, there was uh, Bud Selig, there was Robin Yount, there was Hank Aaron, wow. and once those guys get down to talking, my the stories that are just going out, and we oh remember when we did it? I'm like oh really oh wow. Yeah, this is right. interesting. Just be quiet and listen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, certainly don't interrupt, that's for sure. (laughs) Just sit there and be quiet. (laughs) Well, Scott, uh, the second half has has already passed by. We want to thank you for stopping by here tonight. Yeah, thanks, Scott. It's been good, good time. Really appreciate you. Well, I out. appreciate you asking me and having interest in me, and I can't believe it. I, I really did think it was going to be like torture for me yeah. <laughs> to listen to me for five minutes, much less you know two hours. Well, it has been on the scent. Yeah, so right, I just right. want you to know that. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> in fact, we're actually wrapping it up a little yeah. early. We're yeah. not letting you. Oh, it really? Only has been fifteen. I guess, I guess the Bill Cosby drink worked. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Well, Scott, once again, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks, we do Scott. one thing that uh, we've got a fourth person here that's uh, been watching the uh, <laughs> the festivities. She might know this from uh, listening to her podcast. We count down the uh, the end of the podcast here, so we'll count down three, two, one. Here so we go. So we count down, and then we put the music in yeah. post-production. That's yeah. why we count down. That's so, we yeah, do yeah. so here we go. Three, three two, two, one. Music. Well, thanks again, yeah, Scott. Yeah, thanks again, Scott. And really we'll see you at it. the Wauwatiki, and we'll see you around the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. Say hello at the ballpark, too, if you get out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always right. happy to say hello. Sounds good. Clap it out. All right. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast as we embark on more madcap adventures of nonsense, shenanigans, and tomfoolery. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.